everybody this is double g for the fight game podcast a little early this week uh, we're doing a royal rumble and nxt takeover recap show john laraca here as usual we'll be back as well during the week and do our normal our normal show in addition to the raw stuff from 1993 that we're doing and we're gonna actually because royal rumble kicks off the road to wrestlemania we'll start a road to wrestlemania segment where we kind of break down what's going on with the wrestlemania card uh, up until uh, at at the time that we record, so uh, John Royal Rumble, we just sat through five. Well, you sat through five hours. I sat through seven hours of show. <laughs> it was <Sucker>. a long <laughs> night, really long. long. Overall, long. O- o- over, overall, thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down. Uh, I give a thumbs up though. I actually enjoyed a lot of it, so I actually. I mean, I enjoyed myself. It just was like, at times, I was like, man, come on, let's get this thing going. The, um, I think we knew going in, right? We knew it was going to be a long show. We were expecting it to be probably around four and a half hours. At least I was expecting it to be that long, just looking at the card, knowing you had two rumbles. But it just felt like it was longer, and I don't know if it was because... You know, we didn't really get that four and a half star match where we were all kind of just into it. I thought the rumbles, uh, the middle of both rumbles were were pretty lacking. But sometimes that's just how rumbles are. Like if you go historically back through the history of the Royal Rumble, that is often the case. But I don't know. I don't know what it was. It just that that show just felt so long. I would I wouldn't necessarily go thumbs up, but I would go thumbs in the middle for sure. I don't think it was a thumbs down show in any way. Can you imagine being that audience though? That like, lots a long time. That loud noise to sit there and God, it's just it's exhausting. I'm glad we're not doing the WrestleMania when we go to New York. <laughs> just, I have no desire to sit through a live WrestleMania unless it's like here comes back here to Santa Clara. I'll, oh I'll yeah, go. absolutely. But like, no, nah, I think we we did the smart thing and we're just flying back home that day. So watch it on TV. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. I know, I know, you know, uh, two of the guys who are in our Facebook group were there live, at least two of the guys. Um, and then I sent, I sent my son and his buddy out there too, to get some Euchre seats because they were so cheap. I just told him, I was like, you know, cause he's, he's already out there. It's like a 90 minute drive. And I was like, if you want to go, I'll just, you know, I'll give you 45 bucks and you can get a couple tickets, but you'll be sitting pretty high. And he, he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I want to go. His buddy had never been to a WWE show, but is a fan. So I thought that was actually kind of cool. His Your first ever WWE show is a Royal Rumble. And uh, and he supposedly had a blast. My kid was telling me that he he had a great time. Uh, but uh, but see, the thing about my kid is he's so spoiled because, you know, his first WrestleMania I forked out the, I don't know what I paid, $450 a ticket so that we could sit pretty close. 
So it was quite a different experience for him. And plus, every time we'd go to Warriors games, we'd have like really good seats as well. So he's a little he's a little spoiled when it comes to that stuff. But uh, his buddy uh, had a great time from what he said. Yeah, I'm, I'm a seat snob myself. Like, I just don't think it's worth it if I'm sitting way in the, bo- in, the in the boonies. You know what I mean? I'm just like, eh, I'm fine. I, I will stay home and watch on TV. But but yeah, yeah. Okay, so so let's let's actually break down the the big newsworthy parts of of the Rumble. We'll, we'll do Rumble first, and then we'll do Takeover because Takeover was a really fun show last night, and we will go over that. It's, it's a little bit. It's going to be a little bit quicker than this Rumble, but uh, the, I mean the main key points out of this Rumble show are uh, Becky Lynch is uh, wins the Women's Royal Rumble after not even being in the match, and uh, she loses to Asuka in the opener, and then comes back to win the Women's Royal Rumble. And then on the men's side, uh, Seth Rollins outlasts uh, everybody, and Braun Strowman, he and Braun Strowman are at the end, and it was sort of a Chris Benoit Big Show moment sort of reminded me of. And uh, and Seth wins. So he's going to go you know, challenge probably Brock Lesnar for the uh, championship. So that's the, the, the sort of the big news coming out of it. Um, but let's actually break down the Women's Rumble first. And in order to do that, we kind of have to talk about the opener, which was Becky and Asuka. Um, I like, you know, you know, this, you know, it's kind of for me out of out of Rhonda and Charlotte and Becky. I like Asuka better than all of them, like just as a as a pro wrestler. Like, I think she's like I, there's there's rare it's a rare occasion when i watch her and don't have fun watching her so the fact that she's kind of in you know allegedly you know there's going to be a a big women's match with the the talked about one charlotte becky and and ronda and that kind of leaves asuka like kind of you know on the side and man i was watching her tonight and i thought becky was the one who was like a step slow behind asuka and i was just like wow asuka's so good tonight i wish becky was able to, to to keep up with her, which in the end, you know, the last two or three minutes of the match, I thought was really good. And I think Becky finally did did match her then. But I was just watching that whole match going like, man, out of, you know, the real large focus on women tonight. And my favorite one was Asuka. And we only saw her in the beginning and she was kind of an afterthought. Yeah, I thought the match was I thought the match was 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 good. Um, you know, Asuka's really good. I mean, she's probably the best when it comes to the in ring of the women. Right. All, you know. I don't think there's any argument from anyone on that, but uh, you know, when it comes to characters who are over, you know, there's there's a level above her, which is Charlotte and Becky, of course, and then uh, and then Ronda. Um, but yeah, okay. here, here's a here's a here's a like uh, interesting question for you though: is if they book Asuka correctly post WrestleMania? From a charisma standpoint, like you just said, that, you know, sort of the the overall uh, portrayal of her, it could be on that level, right? Like, they, it was their, they sort of botched her post-WrestleMania, which is why she is below those other three women. Yeah, well, exactly. It's a lot of the booking. Like, they could have kept the momentum going with her being undefeated for a long time and all that, but... Uh... They didn't, and then after WrestleMania last year, she really didn't do much. She had that really great match with Charlotte, and then... Such a good match. Then nothing happened with Asuka for a long, 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 long time. And it wasn't until the end of this year where they you know, put the belt on her. She was involved in that TLC, which is a really good match. And uh, so I hope she gets something good at WrestleMania. I don't know who, maybe Sasha, 
or um, well, it's a SmackDown title, so whoever's involved in that, I guess, would be. I mean, they could. I mean, if they decide not to go with Charlotte in the uh, in the Ronda match with Becky, they could just you know they have to do a rematch of that match, which would be a big match. But I think I think they're they're going to go through with Charlotte. In the three-way with Becky and Ronda, I think so, I think so too. The the frustrating thing for me is unless unless things change, right? If you think about the women, you have Naomi, who and Naomi and Asuka could have a really fun match. There's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. match. You have Carmella, which is a little bit harder and probably not as good, um, unless you uh, you really really really. Uh, put some steam behind Mandy Rose, like from that persona standpoint, from that character standpoint, she's definitely on her way up, but the wrestling part of it is still a little bit, uh, a little bit lagging there, but maybe Asuka could make Mandy Rose look like a million bucks. Uh, that, that would be a possibility. Um, but yeah, like I, I, uh, I, I, I just wish that Asuka was sort of like not left in the dust a little bit. But, you know, she's got to figure out how to make the best of it, and, and I think she's just tremendous, and hopefully they can figure something out to, you know, bring back Trish or, or something like that, you know, to just give her a little bit of steam because I think she's just so great. I like that idea of putting Manny Rose in that match at WrestleMania with Asuka. Me, you know, Manny Rose is definitely someone they're really high on, and I, you know, I'm a high on her too. I think she's going to be really good in a year or two. And uh, it'd be a good opportunity for her to feature her, and, and uh, I think that would be a good match. Actually, actually, I hope they do that match. And they would never do this, but Oscar and Shayna would be great too, because just because they could do just transitions on the ground like all all day long. Oh yeah, that that definitely be a good match, but I don't, I don't see that one happening. <laughs> yeah, I know that's not gonna. But happen. I do I do like your idea of Mandy. I think that's, that's perfect. So uh, the match was uh, the match was was pretty good. I I, I don't have like. I hate to say anything negative about Becky, right? Because she's the hottest star in the company. She gets, mm-hmm. she got the biggest reaction tonight. They booked her perfectly to get that reaction. She didn't, you know, she 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 didn't screw it up. She she did everything she was supposed to do and comes out looking like a million bucks. Like she's there. She she as far as a live crowd perspective is. I don't I don't know what the TV ratings say, and I'm not sure if she's you know selling selling too many network subscriptions. But from that live perspective. When the crowd, they can't get a baby face over to save their lives for the most part, but she can and she gets over and, and that's something to be said. The the uh, Asuka worked us a little bit because she kissed the belt before the match started. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I, I, I never even noticed this this stuff before. Like uh, that thing because you brought it up today when we were watching Rumble. Like when they kiss the belt, they that means they're going to lose it. But I'm like, I see Bret Hart kissing it all the time <laughs> during his runs as champion. So I, I, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I never really paid attention to it until, uh, you know, Big Dave would mention it every once in a while. Uh, or he would mention, you know, that that face that that the that the that the guys would come out like you could t- like they, they they didn't look happy or they looked a little you know frustrated or whatever. Oh, they're but losing that, the title. The, that I know. That I that I look for the face of the, when they come out. But yeah, all in all, the Givens, you know, they know their job and they do it well. And and uh, they used to hide that more. But back in the day, though, you definitely could tell <laughs> who was going to lose sometimes just by the entrance. So uh, so this match 
there was a couple of interesting things. I think they tried to be really creative, and some stuff worked and some stuff didn't. They were on the apron, and Becky teased hitting her uh, Bexploder suplex on Asuka on the side of the apron. Uh, but instead, what happened is they they did like a what looked like it was supposed to be like a like a reverse neckbreaker or something off the apron to the floor, sort of like what Cody Rhodes and Kota Ibushi did a couple Tokyo Dome shows ago. But there was like a mishap. I don't even know. Maybe maybe it wasn't supposed to be that because Becky actually like had her leg, and and something so something happened there. It was maybe it's a miscommunication or just uh, you know one of them took the wrong fall or something. But um, like you could tell just by that sort of imagination on, on what they wanted to do, like they were they were pretty pumped. They wanted to be creative and 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 do some some pretty tough stuff in this match. Uh, Becky hit the Bex the Bexploder from the top rope, and then she went for a leg drop, and uh, obviously it was, it was to get it was to miss, and and for Asuka to then sink in her uh, her her choke, but. The poor, the poor girl had to take that thing like flat on her ass. Like that couldn't have felt great. <laughs> um, I, know, she, I think she always takes it right flat on her ass. It's funny because Becky, when she put her in position to drop the leg drop, I was like, "Gosh, she's so Oscar's so close to the post. Like, mm-hmm. what is she doing? It's like one of those. I was like, what are you doing? Like, what were you, what were you going for? Like, were, I mean, I know we know you're going for leg drop, but like, how could you hit her from that angle? Yeah, you know. And Becky always just, I mean, she just just. She's just not the best athlete of the girls, but she's the best character of the world right now. Absolutely. And so, like, she just, like, like that leg drop since forever, she doesn't really – it's not Bobby Eaton-esque. It's very, right, like – Right, You know, like, like we used to, like, used to be a wrestler back in APW, went on to wrestle for Noah, and then Donovan Morgan we used to say, like, he doesn't fly, he just falls. <laughs> so – like that's that's Becky. Like she doesn't fly. She just falls and she goes straight down fast. Yeah, know, yeah. Uh, and then you know, then they got into the reversal stuff, which then the match got really good because they were they were on the on the ground and it was disarmer. And then Becky would put in you know the Oscar lock, and then Oscar would do the disarmer, and then Oscar Oscar would get behind her, and then um, like Oscar did something with the Oscar lock that like kind of i don't know it kind of inverted it a little bit made it look a little bit more painful and and becky had to tap out uh yeah it's like the it was like the version of like the cat emulation that daniel bryan's to do yeah 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 and then with the oscar like, I thought that, that was that was pretty that was pretty cool i mean if you were going to tap to something like that the, the way that they they had it set up made it look like oh no it took that move to another level so that was really good and my in my initial instinct because I was sort of emotionally tied up into the match was, oh, no, I can't believe she lost, even though I, you know, we did our predictions um, with uh, with Dave Dutcher. He he runs our he runs the little Royal Rumble game. I predicted Oscar to win the match. And even though even though it happened, I was like, oh, no, Becky lost immediately. But the wrestling minds that that you and Big Dave Meltzer are were like, oh, yeah, because then she'll defend uh, defend against Asuka when, you know, when they eventually have their match after Becky wins the title at WrestleMania. And I go, yeah, I know. But I just got caught up in, like, that emotion <laughs> of that of that finish. Yeah, no, that was a good. I, 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 like I said, I thought that match was, uh, like, a nice nice opener for sure. I thought they did. You know, Asuka's always fun to watch. And the, and the last few minutes of that match, like you said, were really good with the reversals and stuff. And then... Uh, the timing of Oscar's kicks are always, always, always a joy to watch. Ah, absolutely. Um, so that leads us to to the women's Royal Rumble. We'll go back. We're going to bounce back and forth, but I wanted to get to the women's Royal Rumble first. 
Um, and so uh, Lacey Evans is number one, and this I think this is the first time she's wrestled for uh, in a WWE ring, right? Like she's wrestled NXT, she was in the Mae Young Classic, but this is, this is her first match in WWE, or has she done stuff on shows I that I haven't watched? I don't. <laughs> I haven't really been watching Raw as much, so I don't. I don't remember reading the results that she had a match on TV. She could have, but I mean, we could, yeah. But I, I haven't. I don't remember anything. I know they've done uh, vignettes and stuff with her, but I, I can't remember if she actually wrestled yet. She was very, you know, early on. She was definitely very nervous. You could tell she was nervous in that promo. Which it, it makes it makes sense, right? Like your first yeah. match is smack right dab opening the Royal Rumble. Like holy cow! Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I don't. I don't, I don't hold it against her, man. It's her biggest biggest moment of her career so far and she's has to cut a promo in the beginning of it uh and then she is rushing early on in the match a lot of those girls were rushing they had like the longest time the rumble had the longest time of the whole show the women's rumble and like these women just kept rushing everything and met you know things weren't clean things were botched it was uh it was a mess most of the way yeah i mean you know big dave asks us always you know what's best match worst match and thumbs up, thumbs down. And this is the worst match for me. But I have to put I have to say it with a caveat, which is the end of the match was like the biggest thing on the show. And so, you know, when you talk about a match, you know, for 65 minutes, you just had to sit there waiting for the end. And that's not necessarily uh, a good thing. But, uh, you know, I, I, I you have to give it the the props that it did the job that it was supposed to do. It just took forever to get there. Yeah. You know, it was uh, back in 1994. It was the first year that they cut the ring entrances down to like one minute or something. Or 90, they said 90 seconds. But I think it was really like a minute. Like, mm-hmm. And I remember like being like bummed about that back then. And I yeah. still like am a traditionalist. I like the two minutes. But, yeah. but honestly – I mean, nowadays, now I feel like it's best to keep it one minute and just keep the pace moving. Like, I think it would have been a better match if they would have cut the cut a little shorter and give a little less time. Because I think they were just, well, they're still rushing. They had all this time, they're still rushing. So who knows if they were got shorter times, they would probably rush even more. But, I mean, they, they practiced this before the show starts. I mean, yeah. they, they run the whole women's match, you know, through. So... Uh, I don't know. There's just like you know, there's cop in the moment or something. I don't, I don't know, but I really think rumbles going forward should be just one minute intervals. You know, just, well, just keep the pace going. That's they're... why I like the men's match. Like that's why men's rumble is pretty good. Uh-huh. I think it's because the pacing was fa- was better. And yeah, and that, and I think on a show where you have to do two rumbles, you got to cut the time. It has to at least be ninety seconds and and possibly sixty seconds. Because of that fact, because you're going to have to sit through a second one. Now, this is the, you know, three, they, they did the Saudi Arabia show, which had a Royal Rumble in it as well. And I think there were like 50 guys in that match or something. So, mm-hmm. so you're talking about three Royal Rumbles last year and that's overkill. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like we don't need to, that's what made that match so special is we saw one every year and you looked forward to it so much. Now, I'm fine with the women's Royal Rumble uh, as well. I think it's so. I think it's good. Uh, maybe they should move it to the Evolution pay per view. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's. I don't know if that would help or not. But I'm fine with the two. But don't give me another one on the Saudi Arabia show. Like that's just overkill. 
But uh, but so the, the I would say in this women's match, uh, the the other issue with it is um, so you didn't really have anybody who you thought was going to stick around very long until Charlotte came in at 13. And then you had to go all the way down uh-huh. to like, tw- in the, you know, the 20s. And and you know then you had Alexa come in, Bailey came in, Becky you know replaced uh, replaced Lana who had hurt her her ankle early uh, early in the show. There was a uh, the the Rusev and uh, Nakamura match. Nakamura was trying to take off the top turnbuckle, and so Lana specifically took off her shoes and then got up to the apron to sh- tell the ref like, hey, this guy's trying to take off the top turnbuckle. And Nakamura gets in her face, and she's arguing with him. Then Rusev tries to hit Nakamura in the back with a knee, but instead Nakamura moves, bounces Lana off the uh, off the apron, and as she lands, she, she landed on two feet, by the way, and her ankle did not turn in any way. But she immediately grabbed her ankle. So that, that was like storyline alert for, okay, we're going to need another person in the Rumble. So... At 28, Lana comes out. She's trying to, you know, she's like limping and she's trying to get to the ring and her ankles taped up and she gets halfway and she just breaks down and she can't get in. And so, um, was Nia it, attacks her. Yeah. And then Nia attacked her. So she, now she's worse for the wear. And Becky, who had just lost the match, comes out and asks, uh, Fit Finley if he can, if she can take the spot. And Fit was, you know, Fit was like, not going to do it, not going to do it, not going to do it. Here's the crowd. The crowd's all fired up, chanting her name. And he's like, eh, go ahead. And then she goes into the match. So we get to the final four. Now, I mean, there's there's some, there were some fun people in this match. We should probably go through the 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 quick, quickly go through some of the fun stuff. But um, Zia Lee was in the match, which was a surprise. Uh, I don't know exactly why. Um, she... Was there to? I mean, she was fine. She didn't, you know. She was uh, nervous as well. Like, like you said again, it's like the biggest match of her life on this, you know, on this stage. Uh, and uh, we also had uh, Kyrie Sane come in at fourteen. Maria was a little bit of a surprise at fifteen, though. You know, she's Maria. She's not going to do much. Uh, and then Candice LeRae came in at seventeen. I think a lot of people were kind of. Uh, surprised and and thought it was a cool idea. I'm not her biggest fan, so I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But um, Casey Cannizzaro, I think, was the one that got people's eye in this match. Like, I think she, out of any of the newer uh, folks, and look, I thought Lacey was fine, too, because I talked to people after, including my kid, who was like, I think Lacey's going to be something. I'm like, yeah, you know, if she can actually do the job in the ring, I think she can, because she's got presence. But Casey Cannizzaro... Like, she made the most of the five minutes or the ten minutes or whatever she was in the match. I think more so than anybody else on this uh, in either of the Rumble matches. I would say of the new girls, Casey stood out the most, right? I think Nikki Cross stood out second. I think, Over Rhea? I, yeah, I think so, because look at the reaction that uh, Nikki got. Yeah. Right? I mean, the crowd loved her. And she is freaking fantastic. I love that girl with pieces. Like, I just think she just she's one hundred percent with that character. She's, I mean, she was a star back in the in the, in the UK scene. Like, she she has so much charisma, mm-hmm. uh, so much fun to watch. And I nearly booked her for premiere, and I, it just didn't work out because you know she was in for WrestleMania and she was looking for bookings, and we had a 
we had a dialogue going and, and then I was trying to help her find a place to stay and all this stuff. So it was just a bummer. I, I really wish I got an opportunity to book her for premiere. That's just not one match, but, uh, she was really just, I just like, I was a big fan of her. I think she's, I think she's a star. I hope, I hope, uh, Vince sees that too. Cause I, it's going to be nice to have her on the main roster. Cause she's a really good wrestler and add her into that mix is going to be fantastic. Um, I thought Rhea Ripley did really good. She's my third, you know, after that. Um, the one I thought was a disappointment because I thought they could have done more with her, give her more spots, other than just the moonsault at the top was Io Shirai. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's, we were talking about who's going to be in it, and you know there was a, you know there's talk of Shayna being in it, right? Is that what we heard? And I think you could have put Shayna in there, and it'd been nice to to use a, like Shayna for spots where she's eliminated by an EO or, or someone else, right? A, K, a KC to build to another challenger for Shayna for future shows in NXT. I think, I think they really missed, missed, missed the boat on, on that when it comes to a lot of the NXT talent. They are kind of, they, it was cool to see them, but they really didn't do as much, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we get to the final four and your final four is Bailey, Charlotte, Naya, and Becky. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the eliminations go, uh, Bailey is on Naya's shoulders, and Charlotte goes to hit the big boot on Naya, but it actually sends Bailey out and over the top. Bailey actually looked the best she's looked in a match in forever in this sh- on this show. She looked really good tonight. Yeah, she was fired up. They gave her some good moments, and she and she delivered. You know, you know, Bailey's always been really good. It's just they haven't really done too much with her in the last like what two years. It feels like now. Yeah, no kidding. So, um, so so ba- so Bailey, or I'm sorry, Becky is actually outside the ring. Charlotte gets Nia on her shoulders and puts her on the apron, and then Becky helps pull Nia out of the ring. Because uh, Becky hadn't hadn't actually made it into the ring yet, so as Becky's ready to get into the ring, then Nia pushes her, and she you know hurts her hurts her knee, wink wink, and uh, and so that 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 kind of leads to the the final two with her and Charlotte, and she's coming in you know with a with a bad wheel, and so you know they do they're 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 really good together. They've wrestled so many times, and and everything is is, is really good, and then Charlotte does uh, like what you know one of the biggest royal rumble faux pas out there is throwing a big boot when you're near the ropes <laughs> man i was so mad at that 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 she went out by that i was like come on you guys could have done a better job thinking than that like why would she throw that big boot there so she obviously she misses and then becky dumps her out to win and when becky <laughs> wins this match this crowd goes absolutely wild. It was actually a really, really cool moment. And I hope they play it up uh, tomorrow on Raw, and you know, and and in the upcoming weeks because it was it was a pretty special moment. Yeah, no, it was awesome. The whole angle with with Becky coming out, taking Lana's spot. I really, I really liked how they really. I mean, they really laid that out really well. I'm talking about the they paced it. You know, they didn't rush to. You know, Finn, you know, they didn't have Finley rush to send her in there, like give the approval, go ahead and get out there, and you could take the spot. Like, it was milked perfectly. The crowd, they, they listened. Like, you could feel the crowds, like, come on, Becky, Becky, Becky. And he finally gets the okay to go. And I thought the stuff with Nia at the end was really good. I, I thought the match 
you know, the, the final two was just fantastic. Especially the work on the knee by Charlotte and Becky was this, this is, I mean, this saved this match. This 100% saved this match. Um, cause it was, it was a pretty bad match till then. So, um, yeah, it was an awesome moment and people, you know, shit on WWE for like not listening to the fans. You know, when it comes to Becky Lynch, they've been listening, they've been listening a lot to the fans. So I, I think, uh, you know, I haven't I haven't really gone on Twitter and or Facebook and really looked at the, too much of the feedback, but uh, I hope it's a positive for what WWE is doing because uh, they did when it comes to Becky Lynch, they're doing a, a great job. All right, so let's talk about the the men's rumble now, and and again, we'll talk about sort of WrestleMania possibilities and stuff uh, when we come back on uh, on on Wednesday night and we do our road to WrestleMania segment, but uh, the men's Royal Rumble, so. This uh, this closed the show, so you're talking. Uh, it started after we'd already been watching for like almost three and a half hours. Uh, the, the the match zipped through, right? It was like a very quick Royal Rumble, probably one of the quickest Royal Rumbles uh, that I can remember. And yes. uh, some some like 1994 in a way. Yeah, 94 was. And and some of it was because the show was going really long, and the women's match was like the longest, one of the longest matches probably in WWE history. Um, and so uh, you would think that they would go, okay, let's get everything going. You know, we got to get this match going. And they start with Elias as number one. <laughs> That's dude. You you saw my face. Frustration. <laughs> you know, I got kids, man. You know what I mean? I got to get home. And then, like, here they come. I already know it's going to be a long show. And it's like, you're killing me, guys. You're killing me. You have to come out with... I mean, I'm fine with Elias opening up. It makes sense. It's a yep. shtick. Usually now, number ones are someone that has, like, some kind of shtick, right? So they can get that shtick in. And then here comes Jeff Jarrett. I'm like, oh, man, give me a break. Okay, so for... Uh, let, let me think about this. So for people born... In the, I would say the early 80s, like maybe, you know, who were probably like 10 or 12 when Jarrett shows up in WWE doing the uh, double J gimmick. This was like their moment of the night because he came out with the music. He came out with the, the same. I think it was probably like the exact same costume from, you know, from 25 years ago or whatever, because I, I he, 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 it was spilling out. You just said the, their moment of the night. I'm telling you, <laughs> they were out. so fired up when Jarrett came out doing that gimmick, like with the same costume. I mean, muffin tops spilling out of the costume, right? But they, I, I, I saw so many people just lose their shit. When he came out and you look, I mean, I think it's fun. I was never a big fan of Jeff Jarrett as a wrestler, but as a character, he, I always found him really entertaining, especially when it, when, uh, when it came out that road dog was really the one who sang the song. Like I thought that stuff was pretty funny, but I'm uh, opposite. I'm opposite of you. Actually. I, I love Jeff Jarrett. I thought, I think I loved his wrestling. I mean, I followed him for right before WWF. I, I like, you know, I watched USWA. So he's one of my favorites on there. And so when he went to WWF in 1994, I was like, or was it 94, 93 he debuted? I think it was 94 he debuted. And I was, like, super excited. I was like, oh, man, they got Jeff Jarrett. And and his new – and then he started doing the, the country gimmick. And I was, first I was like, well, that's different. But I really I really loved it. Yeah. No, it's fun. It was a really fun character. Uh, and, like, look, he, he was able to change when he needed to change, right? Like, when he leaves, 
and then and then he comes you know he leaves wwe uh actually did he go he when did he leave WWE? he left wwe once to go to wcw and then came back to WWE. yeah so like I, I like you know when he came back and he was doing he was doing uh you know he had to change his character a little bit i thought he was really good but then you know he you just just forced down our throats for 10 years after that right yeah the whole tna stuff was a little too long but you know i mean he's always to me he's always been a hell of a hell of a wrestler and then um, even the even the late wcw stuff though i was just like why why like why don't they just let it organically work why do they have to force this guy down our throat yeah i mean i mean putting him with the whole like four horsemen thing is was was kind of far-fetched like didn't really fit in with that whole angle and i think they I don't think it really went anywhere because he started full-blown into nwo and stuff so he kind of he kind of just left right he left in like 97 and then he showed up back in at the end of 97 back in the WWF and and he evolved I mean he took a while it took a while because he had that he was part of that NWA faction which in Cornette and the Rock and Roll Express and that that went nowhere and he's old Double J like character that just, just wasn't really working in the Attitude Era but then he finally found his his niche is the guitar smashing the over women I think that's got, what got him over right I mean, it's kind of, now it won't work but like yeah, that's what got him over honestly that's what got him over I mean hitting I mean, women with the guitar is crazy we'll, we'll, we'll have another we'll have a sh- another conversation about how they treated women on this show uh, yeah and, oh, and a little in a little bit um, okay so so Elias and Jeff have like a fun thing if, if this was earlier in the show I would have had a blast with it but at this point I was like can we just get this match going uh, but Elias quickly tosses out Jeff um, Nakamura comes out, Kurt comes out, Kurt is in there for a very short time before he gets tossed. So it was almost like, why have the poor guy in there? He's looks like he's dying, like trying to get to the ring. He's hurting bad. He should have been in later. I mean, she should have been a, a, a 25 down kind of a guy. Like he would number entry, you know, a nice, like nice, quick, big pop for nostalgia pop, you know, at the end of the rubble would have been nice with him. And the rest of the order for this match, I thought was pretty interesting because from a star power perspective, the men's side is very, very lacking. And, and I think this match showed it like, you know, guys like Seth, uh, and, and Braun Strowman, like they're, they're, you know, they're, they're top, top level guys, but, when you think of rumbles from the past and you're like, where's the John Cena or the Randy Orton or the Roman Reigns or the Triple H, you you know, there wasn't really a ton of that in this rumble, though. I thought the the quality uh, of, of the uh, the wrestlers or the workers, oh. if, if you will, it was so high. I mean, when you have a guy like Mustafa Ali, who was in at uh, 13 and you know he's bare. They've barely started to let him do stuff, and you just watch the guy in the ring, and you're like, "Wow, he's he's great." And I hope they continue doing stuff with him. And he looks strong all match long. Uh, and you you had guys like Gargano come in, right? I I hope I wish that they let Gargano hang out a little bit longer, but uh, but he was in the match. Um, Samoa Joe was great in this match. He was you know it, it, he was one of the MVPs to kind of keep this thing together for the most yeah, part. Yeah, I agree. I agree um, 100% on that. Then Seth comes in at ten. Uh, you know, you have the Kofi spot. So Kofi got to do his his stuff. 
which is always fun. Like I, I never have a problem with that because it's something the fans look forward to. And if you and if your fan base looks forward to something every year, you give it to them. Like that's how it's supposed to work. Um, Dean, I thought Dean's entrance, Dean's uh, entry into this match was a little weird. Uh, he's, I, it might just be me, but he's like colder than cold to me. I don't know what it is. Like he's got, you know, just about everything you'd want, but for whatever reason, I just, I'm not feeling him at all at this point. Me neither. Like I I could care less about Dean Ambrose. Like I just, I just don't, since there's a turn, he hasn't really, I mean, they, they put this view with Seth that really didn't work uh i just and he was in and out in this rumble who eliminated it was an alistair black or something that eliminated him i think yeah i think it was alistair black I mean, it was good on out for alistair but like i don't know it was just, just dean's just i don't i don't i just don't really care about the guy i really don't that didn't really makes me want to watch him or see him and you know i'm kind of i'm kind of over him uh, and then uh, as we get further in, uh, Drew McIntyre comes in at 16. He he has a really good showing. Uh, Pete Dunn mm-hmm. and Andrade come in 18 and 19. And to me, this is where the match really picks up because it's two guys who uh, are, I would say, a little like in, in Pete Dunn's sense, not the you know the entire WWE fan base doesn't know him. He's on the UK show. But they should know him like he's like legit, like one of the best guys they have on the roster. And Andrade has been under pushed f- since he's joined the, the main roster, getting uh, getting, you know, he's, he's been able to have some really good matches with Ray on SmackDown recently. So hopefully there's something there. But both of these guys were just like ridiculously good in this match, especially Andrade. Andrade might have been my MVP of this entire match just because of how hot he was and how just so just everything he did was so well it was so good and it's only a second royal rumble right like it's not like he's been mm-hmm. in this match like a bunch of times no they i mean they put him over strong like the commentary team for listening they're really pumping him up big time big time from his entrance and he made it to the final four um i i i kind of was hoping it was going to be him and seth at the end you know i think they could have just tore it up yeah why why is why is Dolph there instead of andrade at the end if they, exactly like I, I liked off. I always like his. I like his wrestling. It's just he's one of those guys that's been there so long now. It's just like I don't know. I would I would like to see them give that fourth spot, you know, to someone else. You know, it'd be nice to have Ray in there. Yeah, honestly. Yep. Yep. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why Dolph was in that spot, but but, uh, but. so so everybody is in the ring at this point so you so it goes you know alistair black comes in he has a really good showing mm-hmm. he, he looks like he fits right in uh shelton corbin jeff hardy ray ray lashley comes in and immediately gets tossed out uh, i like that though i like that i thought that was great braun Strowman finally comes in at 27 dolph at 28 randy orton at 29 and r-truth at 30 so the entire time we're thinking What's going to happen with our truth? Is our truth going to be the one in the match, or is it going to be someone else who is in the match? And at this point, you know, you're thinking like, okay, like there's nobody on the roster who, on the guys' side, who actually fits as a nice surprise. Um, my my uh, my fun prediction on Wrestling Observer Radio a couple nights ago was that Becky would be the thirtieth 
in the men's side because you know because of her gimmick she's the man but obviously she was in the women's rumble which was a much better idea uh and and she won that so we're just kind of like thinking who could it be who could it be is it dave batista is it roman (laughs) reigns is it john cena even though they told us john cena wasn't gonna be at the show and so you're thinking 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 and all of a sudden naya comes in and attacks truth as truth is going through his his rap song and so immediately i'm like i can't believe they're doing this because she's gonna come into this match and there's like seven dudes and the fans are all just gonna want the dudes to beat the shit out of her Mm -hmm. and i just don't think that that's the way that you should portray Somebody who is has been a big part of your women's evolution as much as, you know, and I know like there are people who don't like her. She's supposedly got this bad rap. If you talk to, you know, I think um, even, uh, you know, Jody Christopherson was saying stories about her like that. She wasn't well liked, whatever. Right. Like she's got that rep. She punched Becky in the face. OK, it was an accident. It wasn't like on purpose, right? She just, she, she just didn't, she didn't perform well in that moment. So does that justify having her come in and having your entire fan base want to see her get killed by a bunch of dudes? No, it was horrible. I don't, this is a big misfire. Like why did, I thought this was a good idea. is beyond me. First of all, like it took what, like, like what Orton and Ray had a struggle to get her over the top rope. <laughs> exactly. But, but, you know, and it's just to make, just to point out that she's a heavier girl. I think you know, like almost like a. Ah. Okay. Did did Char- did Charlotte not put Nia on her shoulder? I mean, it took her two t- times, but Charlotte look, 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 put her on her shoulders at, and put her out of the ring. Look at this. Randy Orton can suplex Braun Strowman. <laughs> Yet he needs Ray's help to get this Goliath out. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Okay, so I was I was having this conversation with some people uh, on Facebook, and I you know I was very just exp- like, look, I am like one of the most diplomatic people when it comes to this stuff. I I can look at both sides. You know, I'm that my training in schooling is to be as unbiased as possible about this kind of stuff, and I couldn't do it with this because. This, the same argument kept coming back, which was, well, you know, she is a bigger person. She probably weighs more than a lot of these guys who are in the ring. And I was like, look, Randy Orton could deadlift how much Nia Jack weighs very mm-hmm. easily. Like, th- this is not a problem, right? So the other, the other one was uh, that, well, you know, if you want women's equality – why why do why do we care so much that you know it's just a wrestling match and i'm like that that's that's not the point i don't i don't care about the fake violence right i don't care about her eating an rko or uh whatever whatever the super kick that she had to take like i don't care about that part the part that i care about is the decision making from wwe behind saying this is going to be our big idea for number 30 and knowing that the fan base was going to want her to get her, her ass kicked. And so uh, one, one of my friends who's in our, our fight game uh, podcast uh, Facebook group, he was there live. He said the woman next to him, so this is a woman, was screaming for Randy Orton to kill her. 
<laughs> like that's the that's the like the vociferous like fan crazed uh, you know feedback that was going around. So look at the at the end of the day, it's like you know we could we always give the excuse right. It's just wrestling. We don't really expect it to be you know sort of a high class you know kind of thing. But to me, I feel because because I know that. WWE is, is is smart. I know the people who run that company are smart. They knew what the reaction was going to be, and they did it to get cheap heat. And you're this is the Royal Rumble. You don't have to get cheap heat, right? Like the the guy who wins the match is 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 going to go on to WrestleMania. Like that's the heat. That's where everything comes from. I just thought it was like the scummiest cheap heat thing that they could do, and whatever. I'm over it, but I was just really frustrated. Yeah, I think they should just had R Truth be in it. I mean, why not? You know, like they, that could have been a better idea than this because I just thought this. Uh, at one point, when they're all just taking shots at her and and you know, super kick the RKO or, or whatever, rated something to her. Like it's just like like the, like you have know, four guys you know, you know team up on one Nia Jax. It's just it just visually wasn't that good. You no, know, not I, at I, don't, all. I, I just think it just was a step backward to what they're trying to accomplish with the women Absolutely. and i know people are going to defend it and you know blah blah blah, blah but it's like no it just this this does not this did not work and i know they're going to shorten this up and edit it down to like when they talk about rumble moments still remember when nia Jax came in oh yeah they're gonna they're gonna make it seem like she's like this pioneer for being in this match and like stepping up to these guys but it wasn't that I, that's not what like, it was like, like like you're building like drew magator as drew mcintyre is like this badass right this this psychopath this monster that you know this and he takes a headbutt from her and he has to sell it like bullshit bro <laughs> <You know? laughs> i'm calling bullshit on that i'm calling bullshit i'm calling bullshit on her like getting a shoulder tackle to randy fucking orton i'll tell you that right now like <laughs> that dude's six foot five she's not that monstrous all right like there's no way i can't believe orton even did that i'd be mm-hmm. like what what you say? <laughs> a Vince call, man. He's like Vince said, do it. But like, fuck, dude. I'm like, no, no, thank you. Let let her shoulder tackle Rey Mysterio. Cause that, right, you know, right. I can believe that. Right, right. So, uh, so she does. She does get dumped out of the ring, though. Um, like you said, it was a Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio, both of them struggling <laughs> yeah. to get each get a leg and, and yeah. to finally the suplex get her out. Braun Strowman all day, but <laughs> fucking Nia Jax needs the help from Rey Mysterio. Oh God. man. Okay, so um, so now we get down to the nitty gritty. So Corbin is dumped out by Strowman. Um, then uh, then then Strowman also uh, also gets super kicked by Drew. Um, actually, I don't, I don't know exactly. I, I I whatever I wrote there is completely <laughs> mistyped. This is like a, this is like a, an, an observer uh, uh, misedit. Um, uh, so, so then, um, after Nia gets tossed, Orton throws out Ray and then Andrade gets to dump out Orton, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. So, I hope it leads to some stuff that's on SmackDown. So I think we misspoke in the beginning when we said that Andrade wasn't in the final four. He actually was in the final four. I just, I think I just, we just wished okay. that. It wasn't, so, it was Zig, Ziggler was the one out of there. They could have put someone else, you know, Alistair Black or somebody in there. Here's another thing I got to talk about this night. I think real quick, I got to circle back a little bit. You have earlier in, in this rumble, 
Mustafa Ali, a guy that just moved up from the 205 roster in a shocking moment, dump out one of your biggest badasses on your SmackDown roster, Samoa Joe, yep. right? Yep. He gets that elimination, which sounds great. Like, oh, my God, what a big surprise. What an underdog thing to do. He gets dumped out by Nia Jax. How stupid is this? Yeah. Yep. Dumb. Totally. Dumb, dumb, dumb. So Ziggler, Andrade, Strowman, Rollins. Strowman uh, eliminates Andrade. Then he gets uh, he, he eliminates Ziggler. So we have, like I said, the Chris Benoit big show moment here where Rollins uh, has Strowman in a front face lock and he's like pulling him over the top rope because he's got the leverage. Like he's the shorter guy so he can kind of pull down and Strowman is tall. So his his, you know, his stomach is where the rope is as he's getting pulled down. And so he gets him to the apron and uh, rams him into the post. I think he kick. He does. He does. It's not a super kick, but he kicks him. And then finally gives him a curb stomp on the apron, and that's where uh, Strowman goes out of the ring. So Seth Rollins is your winner and probably going on to face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, 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 it was a it was a better match than the women's match altogether. Though you know the women's match got the much bigger pop at the end, but still you know it was a, it was a quicker match. Uh, and a lot of the stuff in the end, uh, except for that Nijax thing, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, did did make a lot of sense. So let's take it all the way to the beginning of this show. Um, we already talked about the Becky Lynch and Asuka, Asuka match. So we don't have to talk about that again. But uh, the second match on the show was Miz and Shane against the bar. And, you know, it was a sh- it was the Shane show <laughs> for for the most part, just you know, getting Shane over is a badass. Uh, you know, just <laughs> like he—he's—he's he's also uh, anti-dizzy. He can do—he can get—he can get the giant swing on him for twenty revolutions, and he's not dizzy, and he immediately goes for a triangle. That Shane is, uh, yeah. You can't—you can't make Shane dizzy. Yeah, that, that, that's the first thing I noticed right when that happened. I was like. He just took this giant swing for twenty revolutions, and he's he's able to clear clear headed to lock on a, tr- a horrible a triangle. Well, he didn't really lock it on; it was horrible looking. And <laughs> like this match, honestly, this match here was like I just my mind just kind of started wandering about other things. I just not interested in this program at all. I'm, I'm not really interested in seeing Shane take punishment. You know, like just these you know boots to the face and whatnot. I mean, he did pull off a pretty cool shooting star press. That was. I know he's done it before, but I was, it was pretty impressive because so late in the match it was and all yeah. the abuse he took. Um, I, he, he hit it clean. It was, it was, it was nice. But other than that, uh, uh, ugh, I'm glad it was over. Okay, so uh, like I said, the whole thing was to put Shane over big time. Like the Miz was not even – the Miz was like did, barely did anything in this match. And the bar – they were just sort of the foils to to this you know to this big comeback by Shane, and they were just there to there to make him look good, and you know they did a good job. Like they're great, they're, you know, especially Cesaro. But with all of this, um, with the spotlight on Shane McMahon, w- where are we going with this for WrestleMania? I mean, it, it seems like it's going to be a Miz versus Shane, but. They're like, like what and where, where, where is the big interest in, in, in where this angle is going? Yeah, I think Heartbreak Kid, Ru- David Rubio, he called it. I'm sure they're going to break up and then 
they're going to have a match on the, at WrestleMania between those two. Because, you know, you got to get Shane on the card. It's just, it's, it's WrestleMania season, and that's when Shane starts gearing up to, to do something at WrestleMania. And I, I'm not a, I'm not a actually I'm not a Shane hater or anything. I just I just don't – I just think he's too old right now to be taking this punishment. You know, I just worry about his long-term health because, I mean, just, they're just showing highlights from just the SmackDown angle where they just – they they keep – you know, Sheamus – did the big bro kick right to the face of that can't be that just can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure I'm sure they'll split up, have a singles match. I hope that they do a cross promotion with Miz, the Misses, <laughs> the USA. That would be hilarious. Like I said, I hope uh, Shane is in uh, Marine Seven, and I hope they go all out with it. If they're gonna go out, go all out. I want to cross all social media. <laughs> they just, just have fun with it, but it's gonna be a match that we're just probably gonna. Well, a match. They'll probably end up having a match at WrestleMania. It's just that, that one I'm going to probably take my bathroom break at. Yeah, I, I almost don't even want to see them break up because I don't know that I'd be interested in seeing them actually have a match. Like, Miz is going to have to do something, like, super dastardly, you know, in order to get to, to, to make this thing interesting because, you know, Shane... Uh, he, he's, he's like Shane is his hero is essentially what the angle is. Uh, and he's maybe he's playing mind games with Shane, but isn't Shane supposed to be a pretty smart guy? I don't know. This is I, I don't know where they're going, but I almost wonder if uh, this leads to them actually having a tag match against uh, somebody. I don't know. But I mean, it, it seems like they are going to break up. I just don't know why or what or if I'm going to be interested. And Shane versus The Miz sounds like like negative stars to me, really. <laughs> Maybe, maybe it's something that goes longer than WrestleMania. Maybe you know, Miz is using Shane to become a buddy. You'll be buddies with him to get power within the, on the SmackDown brand, right? So maybe he becomes in charge, or you know, he's a co-general manager with 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 Shane. You know, he likes his ideas, thinks he's a you know smart guy. This mm-hmm. puts the Miz in power, or something like that. Maybe it kind of goes on beyond WrestleMania. Maybe they team up at WrestleMania and defend the titles against. <laughs> The New Day or something like that. I don't know. I'm just you know throwing out names, but like you know, they could definitely go long ways with this if they if they if they have a long term plan. I just it's just not something I'm not really interested in. So uh, the next match after this was Sasha against Ronda. The builds for this match has been pretty interesting, and it, it actually got a lot of people to turn their televisions off or to change the channel for Raw this uh, this last uh, Monday. I never I it's hard to it's okay just just now it's hard for me to suspend disbelief when Ronda faces somebody in a match who is smaller than her because I've actually seen her win real fights in like ridiculous fashion right mm-hmm. so when she faces somebody like Alexa Bliss or when she faces someone like Sasha Banks I'm looking for, like, what's the kryptonite? What's Rhonda's kryptonite here? And Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss, as far as how they wrestle, they're just, you know, at least Sasha's a good wrestler. Alexa's okay, but, you know, she's she's still sort of young in her career. But when I watch a match like this, I go, okay, I know what Rhonda could do for real. <laughs> now you're going to tell me that Sasha, who is so thin in comparison is actually going to 
beat uh, you know a, a, a judo player like Ronda. And and I look, it is pro wrestling. Get a suspend disbelief, but that's what that my my problem is. Is I have trouble suspending disbelief in matches like this. At least when she faces somebody like Nia Jax, like you go, okay, like there's a strength thing. Ronda is at a strength disadvantage when she faces. Uh, if she was to face someone like Natalia, you go, okay, Natalia knows all the tricks in the book. She's been wrestling for years and years and years. She can reverse anything Ronda can do. I get that. If she were to face Asuka, I get that. Charlotte is taller and stronger than Ronda. I can get that. But when you face someone like Sasha Banks, I'm trying to wonder what advantage would Sasha Banks actually have in a match? And so it's hard for me to get up for it. And so I was like sort of disinterested in this match. Not to say that I was ever completely in because of that, but I thought this match actually made, not not made Sasha, but got Sasha hotter than she's been in a year. And I thought that was actually a really, uh, not a hard thing to do, but that wasn't, re- that's not really what Ronda's matches are about. And for Ronda to be you know, this early in her career and they can put together a match where both women get over well, Ronda obviously wins. I thought it was really well done. Now it's not, it wasn't, you know, four and a half star match or whatever. It was just a really good championship match. And, um, you know, Ronda definitely has uh, some strengths, which is selling and, and understanding how to sell like a real injury. Uh, and, and, and Sasha did a good job. I thought, and I thought they had, uh, to me, the best match on the show. Yeah, it was a good match. Um, Sasha looked good. Ronda looked good. I still think, you know, Ronda's match with Nia for TLC was better, but, you know, I thought, but, you know, they did a really good job. I mean, Sasha, of course, she's some heat on her now because she's finally doing something of importance. You know, she, for the last year, she was on and off again, feuding with Bailey that would, they stop start, you know, they, want to go through with it and, you know, to kind of how to keep Sasha down, down on the bottom because, you know, there's so much with Ronda focused with the other girls, you know, so they had to keep Sasha down. I thought, that, you know, it was a perfect spot for Sasha to come in and work a match with uh, Ronda. And, yeah, I thought, that was, I thought it was good. So the entire match was was uh, around uh, Rosh, uh, Ronda's right arm. Uh, I think at some point it got rammed into the to the post, and that's when they started with uh, with Sasha just going, "Okay, now I'm going to put every single arm lock, you know, that I that I know on you." And she just kept going back to it, back to it, back to it. Like Ronda would fight up, and then something happened, and then Sasha's right back on the mm-hmm. arm. So I thought that was really smart because you know that could be that that's a, that's a that's a handicap for Ronda now. Like she's got everything in her favor. But now, if she's only got one arm to use, okay, that that makes sense to me. Where Sasha could win some of these some of these battles. Um, so uh, so the I, I'm not too sure I like this spot, but it was actually cool the way that it did it, which is uh, you know uh, Ron is going for the armbar. She's close to the rope, so Sasha boots her out of the ring, and Sasha had already hit a dive, and then she don't, goes for another one. And Ronda actually catches her and does this, like, sweet, sweet, like, throw into the armbar. But she's outside the ring and is, like, pissed off that the referee is not, like, saying that Sasha tapped out. 
this is a little little goofy, but uh, otherwise, um, you know, I thought I thought I thought it was just a, a cool thing if it, if, it, if it just didn't make sense. Uh, and then back in the ring, Sasha goes for the bank statement, and she had actually pulled off a piece of her gear to use to like pull put it into Ronda's mouth and pull back. That was kind of cool. Uh, but then, you know, Rhonda, Rhonda gets a sweet gut wrench suplex, hits her Piper's pit. And this time, like the way that she landed it, she kind of held it and bridged a little with the, with the pin. Uh, it was a pretty cool way that she did it. And, uh, and then she won the match. So after the match, you know, there's this respect thing. Uh, and, and Rhonda's like kind of, you know, looking at Sasha and is like, you know, you gave me a great match. You know, there's some respect there. And then uh, as Ronda's about to leave the ring, Sasha comes back and then wags the four fingers in her face as if to say, like, four horsewomen. So that's cool. Like, if they're going to do something there, which they've been teasing seemingly forever, that's great. I just don't know when it's going to happen. And my fear is that, you know, they got two shows coming up that it's kind of going to be like a quick blow off. But um, I'm not sure how you can do that with with uh, Becky and Charlotte all, you know, in this all in these feuds together to do something for horsemen versus four horsewomen. Yeah, that that was interesting. If they do it, it's going to be something that's going to be rushed, but uh, maybe it's just something that they, they threw in there to get people to, you know, buzzing and talking about um, that spot you're talking about with Rhonda and the arm barney outside and Sasha tapping. I think at first I thought it was cool. Like, because, Rhonda was like pointing out, hey, she's tapping. I told you I made her, I can make her tap. Mm-hmm. Right. But then she also like then started like looking confused about it. Like, whoa. And then like <laughs> it was almost like I made a joke. We were watching it like it's like Kim Chi and Kamala. Like, <laughs> yeah, she forgot the rules of wrestling, you know. I just thought that was I thought that was a funny little moment. Or or, uh, or like when the Road Warriors always think that they win the titles by disqualification or count yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was also interesting that Ronda won with a bridging Piper's pit instead of an arm bar. So it makes me think that they could come back with the rematch. Mm-hmm. Because remember, Sasha was the buildup. Sasha kept saying that she was going to make Ronda submit. She didn't, of course. And then, so I think they could come back with like maybe a submissions match. You know, you didn't, you didn't submit me, you pinned me, but you didn't, you know, um, you didn't. I'm the only one you never submitted or something like that. They could, they could do something like that because they gotta give Ronda something to do. You know, leading into WrestleMania, so they could mm-hmm. definitely do a rematch at Elimination Chamber. Yep, yep, they could totally. Um, yeah, because you know. You can't go. This is basically like the Ronda carousel, right? Like she's facing all of these women and beating all these women and kind of running out. But then again, actually, I think Bailey and Sasha probably might be in the tag team. Yeah, you're right. Match. You're right about that. So. You're right about that. Um, okay, so then uh, the only thing left that we haven't talked about are the two, uh, the SmackDown and the Raw championship matches for the guys, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. You actually made a food run at the beginning of this match, so you didn't see the, the, the beginning of it, which I actually liked the beginning a lot more than I liked how it finished. And the reason is is because, uh, you know, they were coming out off of the Becky Royal Rumble win and then where the fans are going crazy, so the match starts out really, really cold. And I, I, saw, I almost saw, like, a smirk on Daniel Ryan's face, which which told me, like... I'm going to get these, I'm going to get them into it. I'm going to get them into it. 
And for whatever reason, it didn't work, but they tried really hard. Like, AJ had, like, this sweet, like, Ricky the Dragon steamboat arm drag. And then he uh, he had his Okada dropkick, like, you know, the one that kind of comes out of nowhere and, uh, and almost, like, kind of is like, okay, now the match has started. He hit one of those. Um, he got busted open in the mouth. Um, uh, Brian gives him, like, a full Nelson German suplex, which actually kind of looked dangerous. Uh, and then... Um, AJ did like this moonsault off the barricade into a reverse DDT when they were out on the floor. So it's like banging, banging uh, Daniel Bryan's back of his head against the mat, uh, against the, uh, the, uh, the, yeah, against the mats on the floor, which was kind of dangerous too. So I was like, oh, you know, they're, they're like pulling out some stuff. But then by the time they got toward, to the finish, it was all storyline because Eric Rowan came out. And it was just ringside for nobody knows for what reason whatsoever. Uh, so, uh, so, so AJ goes for his phenomenal forearm. Brian kicks, uh, kicks the arm that he posts on on the top rope to 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 get the spring in the in the phenomenal forearm. Um, and and so, uh, at, uh, so right after Brian kicks the ref, AJ uh, gets the style clash on him. But that's when Rowan interferes and gives AJ. A choke slam. So you're like, okay, a choke slam. You know, unless he's like, you know, the big show in his prime, like, eh, it's probably going to kick out. And he doesn't kick out. Like, Brian just pins him and he wins the match off of whatever that choke slam finish was. So kind of like a, just a, a little bit of a disappointing ending considering, you know, all the things that I can sort of think about that I want to see in an AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan match. And really the only reason I'm disappointed is because of what my expectations were, which was like, I want to see like the, you know, the, the Tokyo Dome match between these guys. But uh, obviously there's some storyline involved and the, the, the feud must continue. I'm assuming based on what happened, but uh, you know, from uh, from an expectation to actually what happened, I was probably most disappointed in this match than anything else. Yeah, it was, a, it was a tough spot coming after that women's rumble because I think the crowd was just they blew their top off when Becky won, and then they had to, you know, work hard to get the crowd back into it. I came back in the house around probably the middle section of this match, so I saw when it was, things were really heating up. Um, the finish with Rowan caught me by surprise. I could see Vince thinking Brian needs a big man, you know, with him. As like you know, and, and Brian probably thinks so too because it might cause more heat. You know, he has he has to use this a bodyguard type guy. So maybe 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 Rowan's into the cause of you know Daniel Bryan's. You know, so maybe he's gonna be kind of like a Bray Wyatt, I guess. I don't know mm-hmm. something like that. Well, well what what is up. yeah? Well, I was gonna say, what does this mean for Harper? Maybe he joins up, or maybe he teams with AJ. Who knows? You know. But uh, we'll see how it goes. That definitely might. It definitely look, got me curious for SmackDown to see how they're gonna. This will play out. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it continues on to the next match. I'm sure they'll have some kind of simulation match at the Elimination Chamber. So the last match we haven't talked about was for the Universal Championship: Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. Um, I I like this. This was probably like my second favorite match on the show. It started out really hot. Uh, they had a great spot where, you know, again, this is sort of like the Ronda Sasha match to me, which is where does Finn have any advantage whatsoever? Mm-hmm. And what they did here was 
basically Brock uh, got his his abdomen um, slammed into the corner of the announcer's table. And so if you know the history of Brock Lesnar, he has had issues with diverticulitis and that, you know, that whenever the WWE will do this often when, you know, cause he, he will sell that area sometimes and they will remind you that, that he had had diverticulitis, but that was Finn's advantage. And if you think of what Finn's finisher is, which is the coup de gras off the top rope, where does he stick his landing, which is right in the abdomen. So that made a lot of sense. And I thought that was uh, such a fun, a fun way to tell the story, knowing that, you know, 99.99999 probability that Brock was going to win this match. But it was just a different way to have him face a guy who is a really good wrestler, but who the fans don't really believe in and to get some hope spots in there. And, you know, I thought Finn did a did a really good job. And, and, you know, because of the way that they told the match, you didn't get 27 German suplexes from Brock. You got a few, but he couldn't really do them because he was in, in so much pain. And I thought that played into into the match very, very well. Yep. This was my favorite match of the night. I thought the story was really well done. I, I love the creativity of using the corner of the, of the, of the commentary table to... You know that play that that's, I like that thinking that that that's, that's definitely you know that's great stuff. I mean, I'm sure it's Paul Heyman. You know, he's really smart with that stuff. But uh, yeah, it played out perfectly, and it was built up to that spot where you know Finn hits the big double stomp on the top and create a great near fall because you know people thought, hey, oh shit, could he pull it off? And you know he doesn't. Um, I found it interesting that uh, you know Brock ended up laying out. Finn after with more suplexes, so I wonder if that's they're going to build up to a rematch with the Demon versus Brock. Mm-hmm. I assume this will be the Demon's first loss if that happens. You know, I know he hasn't lost yet as a Demon character, but you know, if, if anyone, I know people, I know people will say like I think even Rubio told me like if he does Demon, he shouldn't lose, but like true, but. In Vince's eyes, like who says the demon can't lose, right? Mm-hmm. Remember, remember Ryback when he was on on his winning streak, and everyone's like, "How can you have CM Punk beat Ryback? He's on this winning streak." You're like, "Well, winning streak has to end." <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I can see Vince doing that. Like, well, the demon has to lose sometimes, so this could be it. So I mean, because they need Brock to do something. You know, he's going to work one of those two shows, either Illumination Chamber or Fastlane. Yeah, I wonder. Uh... Yeah, I wonder who else, you know, because sometimes on these fast, you know, when they have so many shows and and they don't think a contender is over uh, strong uh, one-on-one, they'll add like a third guy. I wonder if they could add Drew McIntyre into the match and do a three-way and and do it that way. But who knows? uh, I'm sure they have some sort of plan that they could do. Um, So just quickly, I'll go through the pre-show stuff. Uh, The pre-show was really bad. Jonathan Coachman telling people that there was one minute and 47 seconds to go before the rumble when he meant an hour and 47 minutes, (laughs) you know, he's actually, he's actually way better than like Sam Roberts and Pete Rosenberg and the new guy, Pat McCoff, whatever that guy, the punter, he, I mean, he, he is a professional broadcaster, but I think he just like, doesn't care about this stuff. So he, he, when he makes mistakes, he's just like, eh, who cares? 
Um, but it, uh, the first match was weird. It was Bobby Roode and Chad Gable against Scott Dawson and not Dash Wilder, but Rezar from uh, from the Authors of Pain. And so talk about like a weird way to open the show. Uh, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable won. Um where they do that moonsault on onto the guy while Rude is holding like the face lock, uh, and that so it's a cool finish because Gable has a flipping majestic moonsault. But it was just like a weird, like just a weird combination of guys uh, for them to face. So uh, I'm sure we'll we'll know more about why. And I think Dash Wilder was like on Twitter like being goofy or whatever. So I'm sure this is storyline related as to why they didn't have. Uh, the revival in this match together as a team. Yeah, it sounded funky when you were telling me about it. I skipped the pre-show. I just don't. I just can't sit there for 120 hours watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so I talked about the Nakamura Rusev finish. Uh, it was it was a good for a pre-show match. You know, they, they 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 both have presence and they both feel like they shouldn't be on the pre-show when they should. <laughs> the funniest thing was um. Someone had tweeted Rusev uh, the a short the short video of him his tank entrance from uh, WrestleMania the one that we were at in in, uh, in Santa Clara, and so the guy tells him he's like you should do this entrance again, and Rusev retweets it and he's like, really, for the pre-show? I thought that was <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, he's pretty. He's a pretty funny guy. Um. The best match of the pre-show, and actually, you know, maybe maybe second or third best match of this entire show, was Tozawa against Kaliso, against Hideo Itami, against Buddy Murphy. And what this match was, was uh, it was like Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, and Young Bucks moves for the entire match. Like, that's <laughs> what it was. And it's, it's actually kind of funny because, you know, WWE is supposed to be, like, the one that you copy from, not the one that copies, but... It worked. It totally worked. Like so much good stuff. Now, from a psychology standpoint, obviously, when you have matches like this, because there's so many guys moving in the ring, you know, it's just a setup for fun spots. So they're not they're not telling a, a real story in the ring. But you could tell, like, uh, you know, Buddy Murphy tries tries to mimic Omega on that Terminator dive, like almost exactly. But he doesn't set it up the same way, which I think kind of takes away from it. But he he like he does it exactly the same way, um, and there was like a there was a super kick spot in the end. But uh, Murphy beat Atami with the Murphy's Law, and I I was like, wow, this is this is really good. Like if if they if they would do this match on Raw, like it'd be the best match on Raw every week. I mean, for a four way, that it makes sense to do that style, especially those smaller guys. That's gonna should be action packed and high flying, hard hitting, you know, all that kind of style. So yeah, it makes sense for the match they did. So, uh, so yeah, so that's uh, that's Royal Rumble, and uh, we'll, let's quickly talk about Takeover. I would say Takeover was the much better show, uh, just you know, from a wrestling standpoint. Obviously, from the newsworthiness of it, like they didn't have those same moments that that Rumble did, like like the Becky Lynch thing. But um, let's quickly go through these matches. Uh, I you you said you watched it live last night. Yeah, I watched it uh, live as my son Hunter fell asleep, took a nap on me, and. The wife was out shopping or whatever she was at, and uh, I was like, hey, throw it on, and Chloe, was she watched the first match with me, <laughs> and I was trying to, and she was, like, kind of questioning why they were beating each other up, 
and I had explained to her that it's not real, it's a performance, and it's like a, but she's three and a half, so she, like, wasn't really getting it. Yeah. You know, but I was trying to, because I, I felt like maybe it was kind of like, she felt a little awkward watching it, or she was kind of, like, concerned, and I didn't want her to be freaking out, so, so I had to explain it to her, like, you know, it's like a movie, you know, it's like the good guys and the bad guys, and they're just performing, they're, you know, so. <laughs> Uh, and I and I imagine she looked at the War Raiders and she was like, "Ugh, those guys must be the bad monster guys." And then you yes. show her, "Nope, they're actually the baby faces." Yeah, I told her they're the good guys. <laughs> um, this match was really good. I really, uh, you know, the, these teams, you could tell that they've wrestled each other a lot because they are uh, they, they are so crisp in their matches. Now here's here's a here's a question. When when War Raiders were in uh, ROH, I always thought they're they're a pretty good team, but I didn't necessarily think like they were like a world class tag team. I feel like them getting polished at NXT has been has made them so much better than I ever saw them in ROH. Yeah, I, I can see that too. Plus, they're working with Undisputed Era, which is. You know, better than the teams I think they worked, honestly. You know, probably not the people probably disagree with me, but you know, I think you know, Riley and Strong are pretty damn pretty damn awesome. And uh, yeah, it was a great match. It was probably the best match of the weekend. Um definitely my favorite match of, of the takeover card. Uh so um so the War Raiders did win the match. Uh they uh Roe had I forget which guy he had in what move, but he had like one of them in like a power like like he's gonna power bomb mm-hmm. him and the other one was in like a power slam and then when he turned over he like dropped both of them it was that was actually really cool yeah he's done he's done that a few times before in the past but the spot that i didn't i the only if i was gonna nitpick this match uh remember when hansen took the big uh bump out in the ring he did mm-hmm. the tope he mm-hmm. yeah. crashed and burned yeah like i thought this was a, a bad a bad idea because first of all like it meant nothing because it happened in the middle of the match, um, he was able to make a comeback and be fine. Like, I think they should have saved a bump like that to where to when like they lose the tag titles. Like, mm. if if uh, you know, like he takes that bump, he's out of it. This leaves Roe by himself. This, this this is where they lose the titles. You know? Yeah. Like that's why I think I think it was just a waste a wasted bump right here. This this I don't understand what they're trying to do. It's takeover. It's a they're big, the first takeover. They want to make a. Uh, a special moment, but I just think it was a it was a a bad call to do it in this match, you know, especially when it really didn't mean anything towards the end of the match. Uh, then they hit their leg drop move, uh, their double team leg drop off the top rope uh, on O'Reilly. Bobby Fish was with these guys, but Adam Cole was not ringside. Um, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, he was in the he was in the, he's in that worlds collide uh, tournament that they're going to put on the the uh, network next week. I think it's actually going to be on like a bunch of different all of their social medias were going to are going to show the uh the the beginning of the tournament and then net mm-hmm. the network will have like the final match and then maybe like a package of other stuff. So that'll actually that's actually a pretty good um experiment for them to see if they can actually get people interested in and stuff like that. And they're also going to do the halftime heat at the Super Bowl next week. There's going to be a, a tag team match that they put together at the end of Takeover. I, I mean, I don't know. They're 
I don't imagine they're going to get as many people to turn turn over the, the television like they did for Foley and uh, and Rock in that empty <laughs> arena match. But um, but I mean they 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 should be doing fun stuff like that. And supposedly it's yeah. going to be taped live at the Performance Center. Yeah, it's 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 fun and it is a uh, it's experiment to do future stuff with the uh, stuff like that with the at the Performance Center with uh, with with the network coming up so have you seen all the riddle and ono matches no i i missed i missed the second one yeah i I missed the second one too but uh i I like this one uh uh, i thought the so the the match order was pretty interesting because they said they this match got sandwiched between what people consider to be the two best shows of the night and um well, I was telling my buddy, uh, young Randall, because he was like, ah, I don't know if I really like that match. And I was like, well, you got to think of the story that they were trying to tell, which was like, this was like a fight. Like, Riddle, like, knocked the guy out with elbows. Like, you mm-hmm. know, this was like a real fight versus, uh, you know, a lot of the high spots that the other matches had. And so it was just different psychology. And they, he, you know, Riddle and Ono couldn't do the kind of match that those other, you know, that the, the other two matches had a, it's not, it doesn't necessarily play to their strengths as wrestlers, but B, you don't want to tell the same story three times in a row. And, uh, and so that's what was, what was really cool about, about this match and why I think it was, it was good though. I almost wonder if you flip this match and have it fourth and have the Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler match second instead I wonder if you get a little bit of mo- a little bit more out of the Shayna Baszler match. Mm, I think I don't think it really mattered honestly. I think the placement was fine. I thought uh, the match was really good. I enjoyed it. I like I like their chemistry. I like the fact that you know Ono pulled out the Yair Rodriguez uh, <laughs> and uh, 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 Korean Zombie. Kip- Korean zombie finish. The back elbow was awesome. I mean, 99.9% of people, you know, probably didn't get it, but the 1% that did, you know, the, 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 was, 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 you know, was pretty cool. Uh, I liked it. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the story. And, you know, Matt Riddle really came off like a superstar. So, um, you know, I don't think they should rush to put the title on him now, but he's definitely should be one that wins it maybe sometime next year or, or, or later this year. So I think depending on your, the style of wrestling that you like best, um, I could see people thinking that this was the best match of the night. Johnny Gargano and Ricochet, you said you liked the tag match better. I kind of am about the same on both. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, I think the... I think the thing that stands out here is how you feel about Johnny Gargano because to some people he is like the perfect baby or I mean he's not even babyface in this match but he's the, he's the perfect person that 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 draws you into into a match like you know how how you see Tanahashi in New Japan right like Tanahashi the way that he tells stories he draws you in in a way that other wrestlers don't draw you in, which makes you, which make you know you're you're a huge fan of his, and maybe not with some other guys. And I think Gargano is that wrestler for NXT slash WWE fans. 
because he can just draw you in to the match the way that he sells you know the way that he gets offense you're just you're you're kind of like just mesmerized by him and i i see a lot of people say that about him and i i get it i totally get it now i am not i'm not the same way with gargano as i am with say okada or somebody like that or tanahashi you know using that example but i get it i can totally see it there is a way that he gets the empathy even as a heel and you really want to see him fight underneath like that it's just it's just what it is like i want to see him fight from underneath as a never say die guy and and i and i totally enjoy the matches that way um Ricochet is is a different style of wrestler. You just want to see Ricochet on offense, just constantly innovative. And he's creating things that you've never seen before, uh, and and that's his style. So it was. I, I thought this was a really good match. Maybe not as high on it as others, but also I saw others who were a little bit lower than I would have been on it. I I, I was sort of you know I just thought this is just a really good match, and I didn't really find fault in it. But I also didn't find it to be that like main event style that I would take that would take it to the next level for me. Um, so you mentioned that the first match was your favorite. What was the difference in that first match with this match for you? Um, I thought the first match had, you know, there's consequences to what they did. Um, there was, uh, selling (laughs) then, you know, like I I like Gargano versus Ricochet. I, I, I enjoyed it, but like some of the stuff, like Ricochet really goes from, zero to hero too fast. Mm-hmm. Like it's just all of a sudden he's taking all his punishment and all of a sudden he's back on his feet doing all these crazy moves and like, like, like nothing, like, 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 you know, like he didn't like nothing happened before. Like he didn't take this punishment. All of a sudden he's fine. Um, I think he's, I think he, that's the weakness of his work. Um, I think people are definitely going to overrate this. I already seen people call it five star, this and that. Eh, I have about four, four and a quarter. Uh, which is still a really good match, but like, I don't think, I don't think it was. I think that stuff really like took me out of the match. Like when I would see him like, all of a sudden pop up and he's hitting these he's fine. He's like just just like 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 it, like he was in the beginning of the match, and I'm like, okay, I just can't really suspend his belief on watching it. Um, but uh, you know, but but they do the style that people. Really, I mean, the crowd really enjoyed it. You know, they're, they're kicking out these big moves. Uh, they did everything under the sun. Um, you know, that's what's what's popular today, and that's what's over today. So, I mean, I can't fault them for doing that. So, but uh, for me, for what I like, it, it just wasn't. Uh, it just wasn't as good as I. I didn't think it was as good as a lot of people thought it was. So, Rick Shea loses title. Gargano is the new North American champion. And they teased at the end of the show, and, you know, spoiler alert, Ciampa beats uh, Aleister Black, which we'll talk about in a second. And they, you know, they teased with both Ciampa and, and Gargano as, like, the, the owners of the two big belts uh, in, the, in the company. And so some people think that they're going to go uh, with uh, them together again, and some people think that they're going to have one more match at NXT in, uh, in New Jersey. Um, what, what like did you get any sense of where you thought they were going? I thought maybe they'll team up again DIY is like this, you know, together and then they eventually break off again and then have a match. So I wasn't uh, uh, I think that's what's probably going to happen. I think it's the next 
you know, but which which one's the puppet master, right? Is it really Ciampa? Is it really Gargano? Is Gargano, you know, how's Candice LeRae play into all this stuff? I mean, they can do, they can do, they can go a lot of different directions. Yeah. Uh, Bianca Belair and Shayna Baszler was a match. Um, I, I don't like being negative on these kind of matches because I understand how hard it is to follow something like that and be in your very first big match as Bianca Belair was in a promotion which is for wrestlers who are very early in their career mm-hmm. which is supposed to be what NXT is so um i thought that i thought that the story was okay but i didn't love the story especially in the end because i'm 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 unsure again going back to this what's the advantage that each wrestler has over each other I'm unsure where Bianca outside. I guess it's it's just her athleticism. That's mm-hmm. where she has the edge on Shayna, and um, I don't know. I, I I get having her fight the choke because you do. She is something, and you don't. And you want her. You know, she was undefeated, but I just couldn't wrap my head around a badass MMA fighter who in pro wrestling chokes everybody out and Bianca is able to fight this choke for as long as she did. I just had a problem with that the whole time. And I was just like, I, I, what, like, what am I missing? Why is Bianca the one that is fighting Shayna's choke? You know, like she's, uh, uh, like she's a jujitsu expert. Like I just didn't get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand what you're going from, but I actually liked the story. I thought the story was fine. I thought the story was, you know, they, they accomplished their goal of, like, you know, Bianca Blair's, you know, suffering her first loss, but they definitely promote her as being undefeated. That, you know, they wanted to show her that, give her, you know, she's, I don't think she lost anything losing this match. I think she gained. Um, I, her weakness as a worker, being so young, definitely stood out, you know, uh, especially during the finish of the, of the, like her selling of the choke was pretty was wasn't that good. <laughs> Let's be honest, it was just just not good at all. And uh, but I liked the the twists and turns they had. I thought that was that was pretty cool. Um, every time I thought, okay, she's going out now, they 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 let her you know power up just a little bit more. You know, I thought that was that that was pretty that was pretty cool. But um, yeah, it was a tough it was a tough match. You know, like like I said, Bianca Blair is still very you know still very green. She. She gets by right now on her freakish athleticism, and 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 I still think she's going to be a future star. Definitely, I think she's going to be a a cornerstone in the women's division in the next couple of years, along with people like Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm, etc. So I, I I think she's she's in a good place. This might be a little bit too soon for her, but uh, but uh, I thought in the end she did on a big stage. She did she did she did good, but definitely needs a lot more. A lot more seasoning down in NXT. Uh, just gonna do a a, a run in on on our show. The there's a tweet from Chris Jericho today, and I think he's referencing the idea that that a lot of talent who maybe wasn't getting pushed a lot 
are now getting pushed because they think that AD- AEW <laughs> is, is on the scent. So he goes, hey, WWE, Ring of Honor, and Impact Wrestling, I love watching you push all your randoms, but just know that we are interested in maybe six to eight of your talents total. We don't need you. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god. I, I, I wonder what I wonder is if this is in reference to the whole revival thing that was happening because you know there the, it, it did come out that the revival wanted their release and uh the thought was that oh yeah they want to do an angle with the young bucks. Of course they want to have matches with the young bucks. That's why they want the release. I wonder if that's really what that was in reference to because I don't know where Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling fits but maybe he just wanted to combine all three so people don't only think he's talking about WWE. I'm sure that's what, that's why he did that. Yeah. He didn't want to like single out WWEs. He's talking about, you know, finding lump everyone together. Yeah. All right, so main event, Alistair Black, T- Tommaso Ciampa. I think this was a good match. It was a very deliberate match. I thought they told a good story with uh, Alistair Black hurting his, his left knee. I also think they went a little bit long and, you know, it gets this thing now. I, you know, I've never been in the ring. You've been in the ring uh, yourself uh, as a as a manager. Um, and, and, you know, this actually this would be a good question to ask Dave Dutra. But it seemed to me like because of maybe because of, you know, they're still sort of following the, the ricochet match that they couldn't get the crowd into what they wanted to do. And when the crowd was basically not up for anything and they were doing stuff that generally would usually make, you know, make make the crowd get into the match. Do you go with your long 30 minute match plan that you've like so delicately laid out? And then if it's not working, do you change it up a little bit and try to get something else going? Because it it felt to me like they didn't want to stray from what the plan was no matter what. And while again, I, I I thought that the work and and the way that they told the story was good, but the lack of crowd reaction did kind of make me think, you know, wow, it, 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 you know, this maybe this match is boring. I don't know. Like there's, it was slow and it was deliberate, and they were doing things specifically to, uh, you, you know, to make it that way. But yeah, I just wondered, like, you know, do you tell, do you call an audible and go, okay, maybe we change this up a little bit? But then again, when you're using the the knee injury basically as the genesis of the story, that probably makes it hard to then go, okay, now we got to do this because we've been working this knee for so long, and you really just have to keep selling it because we're kind of stuck there. Well, you know, plus they're just, they produce it so much that you know they're going to stick to the plan, right? Um, that's probably why they're not going to shorten it up, um, call them audible. I think the crowd was just burnt after the, you know, they saw everything in the sun with <laughs> Ricochet and Gargano. <laughs> they saw him kick out of everything. And yeah, I think they were just blown. And, and then, um, you know, Shannon and Bianca, you know, didn't get him, didn't get him back up. And you would think they'd be ready for this match. I think also too, Alistair Black is pretty, pretty cold right now in NXT. I think once he won the title, when he won the title, it was a big deal. But then Gargano and Ciampa's program was always ahead of his title run. So his brain never really gained that gained that much momentum. And I think once he started talking and the, the mystery, the, the mysterious Alistair Black character kind of like 
you know, wasn't there anymore. I think people just kind of got. He definitely needs a change of scenery. He definitely needs to make it to the main, go in the main roster sooner than later. Um, I definitely can see him in the main roster after after Mania, but maybe for him, I think it would be a good idea to kind of bring him up there, bring him up sooner. I don't think there's really much for him to do NXT at this point. So, but as a match itself, I really, I really liked it. I liked the story of it. I liked the selling of the knee. Um, it's unfortunate the crowd wasn't into it because I thought they were just doing really well out there. Um, Champa is, is, is great. <laughs> he's such a good heel and such a good wrestler. And, you know, he has a complete package really. And, and I think it was one of Alistair's better matches, honestly. It just, uh, fortunately the crowd was, you know, hurt it a little bit and I thought they had a good story with the knee. I thought, I thought that was create cr- creative too, with the, the water bottle. And, you know, at first it just looked like a random moment when, you know, Champa hit him with the, bottle of water and the water went everywhere but then Alex just slips on the water later and, and it leads into the finish I thought that was pretty cool I thought it was really creative and it's unfortunate that you know the crowd wasn't getting behind it yeah I do wonder how much that has to do with Alistair just being uh, a little cold uh, I, just don't I, think pe- I just don't think people figure that Alistair's winning yeah that's probably some of it. you know the other thing like I get it you know, this is a main event match, but does Ciampa have to just finish her four times? Yeah, yeah, I know. That was a little overkill, for sure. Definitely. It's like, who the heck is... And Oscar's like this, you know, one of the top guys, but like, yeah. Jesus. You know, like, it, it, it shouldn't take... It shouldn't... I mean, honestly, I, I think they... they WWE's had this problem all the time. Like they, they let guys kick out of finishers way too much. Mm-hmm. And that would definitely would have protected protected Ciampa's finisher here. But once Ciampa kicked out of Black Mass, I knew that he's definitely, you know, know the formula. He's kicking out of Ciampa's finisher. It's just like, you know, they can't, they can't get away from this formula. And I hate it because it's like, I just, I recognize it right away and I'm like, okay. So there's no, there's no drama when the opponent finally hits this finisher because I just know he's kicking out because it has to be one for one there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Uh, so yeah, so that's it. So uh, both Rumble and Takeover uh, was this weekend. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about all the other stuff that I had to watch uh, this weekend. That was a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, you know, there's boxing, and then there was Bellator, and I know you watched some of the boxing too. So that's actually kind of cool. We could talk about it. But uh, but yeah, so I think we're done for we're done here, and then we'll be back on Wednesday. So hopefully people enjoyed the bonus uh, the bonus show with the uh, with the recaps of both of these shows this weekend. Um, anything else? Did I miss anything before we uh, can get out of here? No, I think we covered it all. It was, it was uh, fun to do this little bonus show. They just you know it's a big weekend, so I feel like you know we definitely should just jump on it right away instead of waiting to Wednesday night to record it. I hope people enjoy it. All right. So uh, for John, I'm Double G. We will see you, and we see you. Peace out.